welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. enjoy watching that video. I enjoy the series, Home for Christmas. I love all the traditions that we have around Christmas, heading home. And uh, I will say this, that I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve sermons. Uh, I get to preach a couple of Christmas Eve sermons. And then uh, at that moment, uh, Beck and I are heading off on a, a sabbatical. And a sabbatical is a time that the church gives us to go and get refreshed and recharge. And it's an extended time away. And uh, I'll get done with the sermons and we'll go off and We're going to go to a warmer place. And I want to say thank you to the church for uh, giving us that sabbatical break. Uh, After 20 years of being at the church, they said, you've served for 20 years. We want to give you this time off to go study, pray, uh, get closer to God, and uh, kind of get the vision of what God has next. And so we'll be doing that. And uh, I just want to let you know, I have been busy. I've been pre-recording sermons. Uh, So there's going to be a few of those while I'm on sabbatical. You're not going to get rid of me. With technology, you're going to have like virtual pastor. So uh, it's going to be uh, something that I look forward to having that break. And again, saying thank you. Uh, We're going to take advantage of this time to be able to do this. But we'll have our Christmas Eve sermons. I'll preach. I'll get done. We'll have that nostalgic moment. Uh, I'll get ready to leave. And we'll go right into our traditions. Our tradition is to leave the uh, campus on Christmas Eve and go over to my brother Rick's house. Now, my brother Rick and his wife Kate have a giant party at their house on Christmas Eve and everyone is invited. I'm just letting you know. That's true. All right. He puts it on Facebook. He has a huge party. He has this huge soup party and uh, the main level of the house is full of desserts. The basement is full of soup. It, it's, it's got He's got tables everywhere, like a a church fellowship hall. There's chairs everywhere. And he just rotates them for hours. He'll have over 100 people that will come through. And uh, it's just an absolute fun time. It's kind of tradition. And I can already taste the soup. And I I just, I'm I'm there in my mind. So we'll go do that. And again, honestly, if you're looking for a place, welcome. He lives in Rosemount. So just letting you know. Now, as soon as that's done, we'll go home. We'll go home, and our tradition goes there, and we will open gifts, and, uh, and we'll have that time. And then the next morning, we'll be at mom's house, because tradition brings us to mom's house for brunch, and you can't come to that one. So soup is, is for you. That one is not for you. But it's interesting. Our traditions end at home. How many know what I'm talking about? 
There, no matter what you're doing, there's something about going home. And in our series, we've said home for Christmas. This is what we want to talk about, being home for Christmas and saying, let's, let's make sure that we understand what this is all about, is God sent Jesus to say you can be home for Christmas, you can be home forever. And... Um, as we look at it today, I just want to say, we did confirm with our Minneapolis campus. Remember I said that they were young and they're not hosting Christmas. One of our elders was in the service last week and listening to the sermon, I said, how many of you are hosting Christmas? And he said, no one raised their hand, you know. So Minneapolis campus, we know you're gone next weekend, uh, but come to your Christmas Eve service, three o'clock at the poorhouse. Bring a friend. All right, be there. And uh, the rest of us, we have our Christmas Eve services. But we're looking at home for Christmas, welcome home. And if I could just recap for just a moment what we talked about last week. We talked about that God sent Jesus to bring home to us. God sent Jesus to bring home to us and said, you know what? Welcome home, home for Christmas, home forever. I'm sending Jesus. He's leaving his home to, to give you your home, to help you to make your heart his home. And I love that we talked about that God sent Jesus into the middle of our mess, into the middle of our mess. And I read it last week and I'll read it again. I just, I love how this all just makes so much sense with the message translation, John chapter one, verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. And I love that. I love that God said, you know what? I'm sending Christmas to you. I'm sending uh, heaven to you. I'm sending this to you. And I want you to understand, uh, in the middle of your mess, you can be home with God. The Bible tells us that after uh, Jesus was born, he lived a perfectly sinless life. He uh, died on the cross for us. He rose again from the dead. And the Bible says that after he did that, he ascended into heaven. And the Bible says he was going to go and prepare a place for us. And we talked about last week that uh, there are no pull-out couches in heaven. And everyone gets their own place. God is always expanding heaven. There are no pull-out couches. Everyone's family. And I want to pick up there that, to say that that's where your home is. Your home is in Christ. If you're saying home for Christmas, home forever, your longing is for that. Your longing really is to say, my home is in Jesus Christ. And Ephesians 3.17 says this, then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. He's saying, man, my home is in Christ. Christ is in me. And it's not just home for Christmas, it's home forever. The Bible also tells us that our home is in heaven. Uh, Philippians uh, 3.20 says, But we are citizens of heaven. Our outlook goes beyond this world to the hopeful expectation of the Savior who will come from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me just stop for a moment. God sends heaven to us. And he says, I want you to be home for Christmas. This is what it's about. I'm sending my son. But he's saying, I want you to be home forever. And home can be in your heart. And home for you is heaven. Each of us should be a little homesick for heaven. There should be a longing for heaven. And just like we long to be home for Christmas, we should be living a life saying, I want to be home in heaven. Man, if that's what God's about, I want to be home there. And I believe this, heaven is the best gift we could ever get. I believe the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us, paid the price, forgives us, and gives us peace with God, and we get to spend heaven and eternity, eternity with God in heaven, that is the greatest gift we could ever ask for. It's an amazing thing, and it's, it's the perfect gift. And I don't know if you're 
I, I live under the pressure uh, every Christmas of trying to get the perfect gift. How many are with me on that? You live in that pressure. You want to get the perfect gift. And when our kids were little, I mean, when Tickle Me Elmo was the perfect gift. How many are with me? Remember those days? I mean, I was like, I got to get a Tickle Me Elmo. I was calling everybody. I need a Tickle Me Elmo. The kids have to have a Tickle Me Elmo. And I'm buying a Tickle Me Elmo on the black market. How many know, you know, I got to get that gift. Uh, one year it was like the PlayStation 3 had to get the perfect gift. And so I was like, we got to try to find it. And then we ordered it and it came to the house and the kids unwrapped it and it was broken. And you're like, ah. So like, well, we wanted to get you the perfect gift. I lived in that. I, I kind of want to make the perfect gift. Heaven's the perfect gift. I lived in the stress of trying to give Becca the perfect gift uh, for our first Christmas um, it's a long story. I'll make it really short. But I asked Becca to marry me when we were dating, and she said, maybe. Okay? Now, I, I won't go into that. That's a whole other sermon. But she said, maybe. And I thought, you're saying I've got a chance. So I, I, I worked with the maybe. She didn't say no. And so for a month and a half, we prayed and we fasted. And she was trying to figure out if I was the guy to marry. And uh, we were getting close to Christmas. And so I bought her an engagement ring for Christmas. And I thought, this could be the perfect gift. If she says yes. If she says no, this is a major zonker, all right? And so I'm going into Christmas Eve, and I am just a, a ball of nerves. I'm so sick to my stomach. I can't even stand it. My family's there. I've got, it's like the gift exchange, and I have purchased a ring for Becca. And I'm thinking, this is, we are 30 minutes from go time, and this is not good. And in the moment, she gives me my gift first. And so I open it up, and it's a, a trench coat, but there was a letter in there, and it said, I want someone to be in your life for your sunrises and your sunsets and your this and your that. And I want somebody for your ups and your downs and all this. And then it says, and I want that special someone to be me. The answer is yes. And in that moment, I'm like, open your gift. Because <laughs> in that moment, it was the perfect gift. Like, boom, boom, I win. I mean, you know, but there's something about when you give the perfect. <laughs> I don't even want to think about how it had gone the other way. All right. Something about giving the perfect gift. And I'm telling you what, heaven is the perfect gift. See Jesus in the manger. See God sending his son. But you know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm sending you the perfect gift. It's more than a manger. It's more than this moment. There's peace with God. There's forgiveness. There's not just home for Christmas. There's home forever. This is the ultimate, ultimate gift. Home, home, home. Home for Christmas. Home forever. And I love that God would say to those of us that know Jesus as our Savior, this earth is as bad as it gets. Heaven is better. It's the ultimate gift. And I would pray that we would start looking forward to the gift that we're going to unwrap someday. I think God has eager anticipation, like a parent that has just purchased the home run thing that their child was waiting for. And God has eager anticipation saying, do you understand it's not just home for Christmas, it's home forever, it's home for eternity. I have this perfect gift waiting for you, ready for you to unwrap, and I can't wait till we can be together. The Bible says we shall forever be with the Lord. I love that. I love that we'll be with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And our job right now is to let people know that heaven can be their home. Heaven can be their home, that um, we can get out there right now and say, hey, guess what? It's not just home for Christmas. It's not just longing for that. We can let you know that you can be home forever. And um, I love this, that even though no one at the manger was home at the first Christmas, I love that they didn't stay there. 
I love that when they were done with that moment, they all got on the move. Mary and Joseph went to Egypt. I love that the shepherds went back to their sheep. I love that the wise men took the long way home. I like that. I like that they did that. And I like that they said, you know what? There's, we're on a mission here. And if God has become um, your Lord and Savior and you're home in Christ, you feel home forever, I think we have an obligation to tell people that they can be home for Christmas, home forever. And, and I hope you're grabbing this. Christmas is saying, let's go get people. Let's let them know that God has the ultimate gift for them, forgiveness in heaven, and it can be theirs. The whole Bible is just over and over saying that you can be welcome. You can be a part of this. Revelation 3.20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It's like you will be home. You'll be forgiven. There's something about this that God is hoping that we'll, as a church, say, let's go out there and let people know they can be home for Christmas, home forever. Let's let them know that. Now, one of the things that the Bible tells us about is to not get so comfortable with this home, but to be longing for that home. And I won't go into it. We'd, we had a huge uh, series that we did on heaven not that long ago. You could check it out online. But I just want to hit a, a point that I see so much uh, when I look at Christmas, when I look at this. Again, the, the manger is beautiful, but they didn't stay there. They kept moving, and they kept realizing it was about home forever, not just home for Christmas and I love what Hebrews 13, 14 says. It says, for this world is not our permanent home. We're looking forward to a home yet to come. I love what 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12 says. For this world is not your home, so don't make yourself cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. This place is not our home, and I love that we could be home for Christmas and long for the connection, but I want us to be longing for the ultimate thing, home forever. Amen. Home in God's presence. And um, I'll never forget uh, a guy in our church, uh, Brian, he goes to our Apple Valley campus. Um, he, he commutes to Wall Street. Long story short, he um, moved out there. He was in Wall Street and brought his family out there, and it didn't go well for his family. And they said, we don't want to live here anymore. And uh, so he said, all right, I'll move back to Minnesota and I'll commute to Wall Street. So he has for years commuted to, to Wall, Street, and he's been, Wall Street. He's been doing this, going back and forth. Well, he had uh, an apartment in Wall Street right off of Times Square. And uh, he said, hey, if you ever want to use the apartment, you know, um, you could use my apartment. I thought, that's awesome. Rebecca and I would love to see New York at Christmas. And you got an apartment right off Times Square. And that, you know, staying at your place is going to save me like $10,000. How many know that's true in New York hotels, right? And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. So we get out there to his place and we walk into this place. I, mean, I open the door to his, you know, I'm expecting like this massive urban loft living and just really decorated, really cool. And we walk in and it's a nice apartment. It's a high rise. It's up there. And there is nothing in the place but a bed, a couch, a TV, a refrigerator, and a picture of his family. That's it. And so I immediately text him like, hey, who's your decorator? You know what I mean? Like, like I want to never hire this person. You know? And I'm kind of teasing him. And then he texts me back. And he says, that's intentional. And I said, what do you mean that's intentional? And so I'm texting back, what do you mean? Seriously? Like the, what minimalist style is this? You know? um, and he said, that's not my home. That's not my home. 
That's only the place I work. That's only the place that supplies for me what I need. My home is back home. I never want to be more comfortable in New York than I am in Minnesota. I only want something up there to remind me what it's all about, the picture of my family, but I'm not getting comfortable there. That, that is not my home. That is nothing more than a place to sleep and a place to recover after a day's work. And I want to get home any chance I can. I thought, you are the man. All right, you, you got to figure it out. And this world is not our home. Again, long for home for Christmas, but long for home for forever. Long for home for eternity. And I, and I just ask, how much are we decorating here? How much are we getting too cozy like First Peter 2 says? And I feel this as well. Like how much and do this and always live in that tension of this or this and we want to make sure we're always giving more and I, I don't want to make this world too cozy for me because this is not my home. My home is in heaven. When God sent Jesus, I wasn't just home for Christmas. I was home forever, home for eternity. And I think there's some things that we can look at. We could travel light. We can send things ahead. The Bible says in Matthew 6 that where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And it said, don't, don't invest in things that moth and rust and thieves can destroy. It's saying, don't invest in things that wear out and don't worry about things that will burn out and don't worry about things that can be taken away from you. Make sure that you're living for where your ultimate home is. Make sure you're homesick wanting to go there and not so attached to here. And, and Jesus wasn't saying, hey, this world is junk. But he's saying, use this world for what it is. This world is a place for you to be able to get things to send it ahead to make an eternal difference. Just like Brian used the apartment in New York to make the money that he could so that he could take care of his family and advance the kingdom of God and do things like that. He didn't say it's junk, but he said that's not important. That's more important. And we ought to live in a way that says this isn't that important. That's way more important. Home forever home with Jesus, home with God. And so as we're doing this and as we're letting people know that they could be home forever with God, uh, Christmas ought to uh, accelerate us wanting to go out and reach people for Jesus. It should accelerate us wanting to go out and do something. And that's why we had those little cards for you to give out to people. That's why we had the window clings at our campuses for you to put up on your windows and take pictures and use social media to spread the good news. And it should accelerate your desire to let people know they can be home for Christmas, home forever. Let's let people know that God has something better than this earth for them. Because there's a longing in all of us. There's a longing, just like we want to be home for Christmas. There's a longing to be home in God. There really is. We need to realize that we can get out there and help people uh, find their home in God. Now, until we get to heaven, until we get to heaven, it's beautiful that we get to be a living illustration on this earth and give the world a taste of heaven. So I want to talk to you real quick about being home in your church, home for Christmas, home in your church, home forever. I want to tell you something. It's a beautiful thing what God has done to leave the church on this earth. And he said, you know what? I want people to be home in the church because it's a taste of what heaven's going to be like. Our church is a living illustration to the world to say this is kind of like what heaven is like a little bit. It's just a taste. It's not perfect, but it's a taste of what it's like. And I love this that we get to uh, build his church. And I'll read what Ephesians chapter 2 says. It says, now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven. 
but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. What a foundation you stand on now. The apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone of the building is Jesus Christ himself. We who believe are carefully joined together with Christ as parts of a beautiful, constantly growing temple for God. And you are also joined with him and with each other by the Spirit and are part of this dwelling place of God. You're not a stranger anymore. And when you get into the family of God, we say, welcome home. You're part of the church. And I love this line. It says, we who believe are carefully joined together with Christ as parts of a beautiful, constantly growing temple. Telling you what, this church is a constantly growing temple. And I love that our church is saying, hey, welcome home. We're making room for you. Welcome home. We're adding a service for you. Welcome home. We've got another campus for you. Welcome. You, come on in. Be a part of this. And I love that we say we want to give you a place, a church home on your way to your heavenly home. A, a study that was in the, I believe it was New York Times. I think it might have been New York Magazine. But it was a, a secular study. And I think it was the New Yorker. And they said the number one thing that you can do for the homeless is give them a home. Kind of like, that's interesting, all right, it makes sense. But they said even if it costs a lot of money, up to $4,000 a month, the government would save money by giving those people a home because there's something about when people find a home that all of a sudden the other areas of their life start to fall in order. And I'll use this secular research saying if you give somebody a home, they're, they're less apt to have troubles. They're less apt to go into all these bad things. They're less apt to have police intervention, all these other things. They said, we're going to save all sorts of money. If we can help people get a spiritual home, their whole life changes. If we can help them to find, uh, be home in Jesus and to plug into the local church and they could all of a sudden say, you know what, there's something for me. My life is changing. It's getting better. We ought to be on mission to say, welcome home. Welcome home. I love the banner that we put out at our, our church saying, welcome home. Be home for Christmas. And I want to have that way to say, uh, let's invite people to our church. Let's invite people to our Savior. Let's be aggressive about this. And I thought about inviting people to our church um, and I thought of this analogy or illustration of people inviting people home from college. I don't know if you've ever been to college, but if you find out that your roommate isn't going home for Christmas, how many know you just feel like you have to get them home for They're coming with you. They're coming with you. You're like, you can't stay here. They're like, no, I'm going to study. I'm going to watch some movies and I'll be fine. You're like, no, you're not. You are coming. No, no. And how many know you practically make them come home with you, right? Okay. Let me just tell you this. The Bible says to go out to the highways and the byways and compel them to come home. All right? We ought to go out and invite people to find their home in Jesus Christ, find their home in a local church while they're waiting for their heavenly home. And when you're talking to your college roommate, you might say like, hey, we'll make room for you. We will. They will, will. Somebody will move out of their room. And at church, we'd say, people will move out of their regular seats for you. Maybe not. How many of you sit in the same seats week after week? I could practically take attendance with you where you sit. <laughs> but you say, we'll move. Somebody give up their bread. We want you there. We want, there'll be food. There'll be laughs. There'll be games. We'll play football. We'll make a snow. We'll do that. And then you say, like, hey, and by the way, my aunt will be there. You'll, you'll grow to love her. You'll grow to love my aunt, you know, my uncle. You know, you'll grow to love them. And how many of we give the disclaimer to the family? And, you know, all right. And how many know every church needs a little disclaimer? We're not perfect. And just like you'd say about your family, you'd say, you know, we're not perfect, but we love each other. You know what, our church is, it isn't perfect, but we love each other. 
And there's a longing within all of us to be home in heaven. And the church is a glimpse. It's saying, guess what? Not perfect, but we love each other. And there's room for you. There's room for you. And so we welcome in Jesus, we welcome in others, and we say this is the place. And I love that the church is this living example. And if I could give a couple things, I believe that our church should be a place that says, welcome home, the presence of God is here. The presence of God is here. And I want to just say for just a moment, the thing that makes the church home for people is that the presence of God is here and that people have a connection with God. And um, it was interesting. They did a survey about what do you love about home? What really makes home the home? And this is what they said. The people, the noise, the lack of noise. They said the rituals and traditions, the to-do list, the mess, the heirlooms, not having to dress up and just be me. All right? And I thought about it. Nowhere in there did they say the furniture, the TV, the things, the stuff. Let me tell you something. You, the people, you make the church come alive. The presence of God comes alive. And we want to say, hey, welcome home. Welcome home for Christmas. Home in church. Home in Christ. It's real. There's something going on here. And we welcome you. Side note for those of you that are wondering, um, we do dress up on Christmas Eve. Uh, we dress up. I, I will give you the warning. I told the staff today, I said, I'm not punking you. Uh, we really do dress up. I don't, I think it's just uh, tradition. And if you want to wear sweats, wear sweats. That's cool. All right. But a lot of people dress up and you'll see us in a tie. And, and all the older people are like, Pastor Rob, you look good in a tie. Christmas Eve. All right. There it is. But I love that our church is alive. I love that there's vibrancy, hope, and like the song that we wrote, joy overflowing, hope erupting, faith rising, passion built. I mean, I love that. And that's what makes this church a place that we can say, welcome home. God's presence is here. Something's going on. This is a place where we extend the welcome. This is where we extend the welcome. We say, welcome home. You may not be able to be home for Christmas, but I pray you'll be home in this church and ultimately you'll be home forever with God. Uh, until we, when we're moving from the manger to heaven, God's saying, get a little heaven here and welcome the stranger. All throughout the Bible, he's like, welcome the stranger, welcome the stranger. When he did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. Welcome them, welcome them, welcome them. Church is a place for us to be together. And right now we can give a little heaven on earth and say, be home forever. Be home with Christ. Let's get a little heaven here on earth. We could be together. And um, I would just say this. Church is not a checklist. Church is not a checklist. Church is a place where we're together. We do life together. We spend time together. This is something that is uh, really like a family more than a family even. And I would say this lastly. Church is a place where people are loved. And I want to let you know that when we say home for Christmas home forever, home in this church, um, we'd say this, you're loved. You're loved. And I hope that you feel a part of the church of Jesus Christ. I hope you feel more family here than even you would with your own family. There's something here. God's doing something amazing. I was talking with one of our elders the other day at coffee and he just said, you know, hey, I met a guy at work and I found out he was a believer and it was just a total connection. Like, hey, there is my family in Christ and, and there was just a connection. He said, it's an amazing thing. I can be in another culture and find somebody that knows Jesus. And I'm like, yes, we're home, we're family. And, and it just said there's just something that is a connection there. This is a place our church says, welcome home, home for Christmas, home forever. And we say, you know what? We want you to feel loved. We love you enough to tell you the truth. We love you in spite of all your flaws. We ask that you love us in spite of all of our flaws.
Love should be all over the family of God, all over his church. And I believe this, almost all of us desire to be home for Christmas, and I do hope that you're able to go home or be the host home. Our desire now as a church is that you'd be at home in a church family, that you'd say, I'm home in my church family. And I believe this, God's ultimate desire is saying, I want you to be home forever. It's not just home for Christmas. It's just not home in the church for now. It's home with me forever. And I believe that could be yours if you'd ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And I believe God says, I want you to be home with me forever. Home for Christmas, home for now, and home forever. So Lord, I just pray right now that you'd help us to realize that your heart, your heart is that you sent heaven to earth and in the middle of our mess, you sent Jesus and you brought us a taste of heaven. You brought us forgiveness. You brought us that ability. And there's a longing within all of us now at this holiday season to be home for Christmas. But I pray beyond home for Christmas, it'd be home forever with you. And until we move from the manger to heaven, Lord, help us to have people find you as Lord and Savior so they could say, Lord, uh, we want to be part of a church and be home for now until we're home forever. So we pray your blessing upon our church at this season. Help us to be open. Help us to be welcoming. Help us to invite the stranger, the coworker, the fellow student, and help us to say, Lord Jesus, home for Christmas, home for now, and home forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.